We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why... When it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? The first episode of the Bronx Pinstripe Show after the Yankee season has ended. So we're, we're in uncharted territory as we move into the offseason here. Scott, how's it going? Good. Uh, episode number 39 is, is the one where we're going to ramble about uh, everything and anything and start start doing that because we're going to be doing it all off-season. So, like you said, uncharted territories, man, so let's, uh, let's, let's, let's do it. I know we do have some Yankee stuff to talk about, and we always will be talking about Yankees, um, but the rest of it's just going to be freelancing. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we'll get into a, a bit of Yankee stuff because... Uh, you know, it's been a week since we're recording this on Tuesday. First thing, actually, we should mention is that the podcast will be coming out on Tuesday morning going forward in the offseason instead of Monday morning. I think the reason we're doing that, just so we uh, can talk a little bit more NFL, uh, have some more time to digest some of the stuff that happened over the weekend with, with football, 
and uh, just, you know, we'll, we'll fit into our schedules a little bit better as we move into the winter here. But so this is Tuesday um, that this episode is coming out. Uh, it's been a week since the Yankees lost to the Astros. So I think we have some thoughts on, on you know, the Yankee season and why it ended so abruptly and, and all that stuff coming up. Uh, I know I've sort of developed some opinions over the last week on the Yankees. It'll definitely be a different flavor than, than you know, the, after the, the last game when we recorded that night when <laughs> we were just, just completely emotionally dead at that point. I mean, <laughs> you're definitely going to hear, I think, different voices at this point on, on, you know, when we're talking about the season now than directly after the game. So, Yeah, I went back and listened to that uh, because I wanted to see what we sounded like. You know, first of all, I was a little buzzed and uh, definitely pissed off at, at what the team did. I thought it was uh, pretty coherent thoughts, though, for midnight after after the season just ended. Yeah, I mean, I even got my voice, my, my singing chops going for the first time ever. It's the first time I've ever sang in public, if you consider this in public. So um, <laughs> you weren't you weren't like a chorus guy in uh, in high school or anything. No, I took in well in high school I didn't do any of that, but I th- in middle school we had to do either chorus or we had to do an instrument. Yeah, and I definitely faked my way through like three oboe concerts, like by looking <laughs> at the kid next to me. And the only reason I did the oboe is because my sister had one in the closet. <laughs> there you so, go. No, yeah. I'm not very musical. Me neither. I was I was in the chorus, but I basically just stood in the back and and mouth the words because they didn't want to didn't want to sing nice well there you go um another thing that we want to mention before we get into some stuff this week is that we started a facebook group for the podcast it's called the bronx pinstripe show it's a group where people uh you ask to join uh i'll it's open to anyone. You just got to request to join. And then in there, we're going to be posting different subjects, different articles, different you know topics that we might want to talk about. Uh, really, the goal here is to get the listeners involved with the show, and hopefully we can sort of add to the whole mailbag voicemail aspect of the show. Yeah, and we're definitely going to be doing that more on social media too as far as the mailbag and, and just getting you guys all involved. Um, you know, we have Bronx Pinstripes has a pretty good following on uh, on Twitter um, and then Facebook and Instagram. So we definitely want to get everybody involved uh, and, and just get them kind of more into the show. So definitely going to be using social media a lot more. And that Facebook group is a really good way to, to talk with me and Andrew as well. Um, we're both in there and, uh, you know, jumping in on conversation. So uh, definitely come over and check it out. If you don't find it in the search, you can go to our Facebook page and you'll see it on there. One of the, you know, one of the links we've linked to it on there. So yeah, and I'll, I'll definitely be tweeting it out as, as we go here because I want to get it to grow. Uh, but yeah, I was happy to see that a few people asked to join right away. So that's, that's nice to see some of, some of the listeners joining up there. Yeah, it's always good to put some faces with names too. You know, I mean, we've gotten some guys who who, uh, who write in on a pretty regular basis. So um, I know we talk to a lot of you guys on Twitter as well. But um, I don't know, Facebook gives you a, a little bit of a different element as well. So if you're on Facebook, definitely check it out. So yesterday or Sunday um, was a bit of a sad day for me because I was in New York City and I was supposed. To, I was the reason I was there is because I had tickets to Game Three of the ALDS had the Yankees reached it. Uh, so I, you know, I was kind of thinking what might have been had the Yankees made it past that wild card game. It was an, it was a beautiful day out. It was like seventy degrees, perfect, you know, fall baseball weather. But instead, I was I was stuck uh, at a bar drinking, watching watching some football instead of at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, it's kind of bittersweet, I guess. You got down to see uh, to, to to hang out in New York, but um, unfortunately, it wasn't for a game. We all knew that was uh, that was one of the risks though, of getting those tickets, uh, and, and probably one of the one of the things you probably expected to happen in, in your deep conscious. 
one of the sadder emails I got was the refund information from from Ticketmaster. Yeah, that's the, that's the one time you don't want to get money back. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I decided to just spend it all at the bar, though. All the money for tickets just went straight straight to beer. There you go. Um, but but you know, uh, yes. Yeah, so so Sunday was supposed to be obviously, like I said, the game. But as soon as the game got you know, not canceled. As soon as the Yankees didn't make it, um, my girlfriend was like, oh, I have an idea. Instead of, uh, you know, since we're not going to go to the game, let's go to SoulCycle Sunday morning. Have you ever heard of or been to SoulCycle? No, so I had not heard of SoulCycle. I had no clue what it was. Um, so you have to tell me about it. And this was in the morning or this was during uh, yeah. football? No, this was 9.30 in the morning okay. after going out, you know, for dinner and drinks Saturday night. Uh-huh. Yep, this was 9.30, rude awakening in the morning, uh, going to SoulCycle. SoulCycle, the best way I can describe it, is like the worst possible club playing the most horrific EDM music mixed with um, a bunch of basic bitches and basic bros cycling in the morning. Got to get that sweat going. Work, work it out, baby. Nine thirty in the morning, Sunday morning. That's 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 exactly what you want to do. So, how was it? Did you um, uh, did you did you? How long are they? It was an hour long. Good God! And it's just like straight. Like there's an instructor, and they're like you know just giving yeah. you your instructor you with what they like, do. Yeah, like screaming at the top of her lungs, like trying to motivate you, like being all inspirational, like you can do it. You can do anything you set your mind to. And you're are doing you this guys for an ready hour? to ride? Yeah, an hour long. Wow. It wasn't easy. I'm not going to lie. It was not easy. No, I can only – I mean just riding a bike for an hour is is, uh, is challenging. Do they – and now do they like – are you allowed to like set your bike for a certain uh, – They – well – They do it uh, for like, you. They do it for you and as you go, you crank up the resistance like as the – as the class goes, it gets harder and harder as you go. Right. And you're, it's not like you're just sitting down on the bike. You're like you're bouncing it. up you're and down it, yeah. and you're like – your thighs are – burning right. 20 minutes into this thing but uh yeah i, I can't bl- I, i'm just looking around as i'm there i'm like it, it's 10 o'clock in the morning i'm still i still want to be asleep what the hell is going on so you bought a membership so you're gonna be going back no no cycle boston i decline i declined to to sign up for more than one class mm. i don't i don't know that i will be going back well, next time you're in New York, you know, you could go back and visit your favorite instructor and you guys could do SoulCycle again. It's one of those super, like, trendy, douchey things where people, like, go online and reserve their, their spot. Like, they reserve their specific bike, like, where it's situationed in the room. Oh, really? It's like, it's like a reservation type thing. No kidding. Okay. So people have to have, like, their bike and yeah. like, their spot? Exactly. Like, spot, like, I was spot 17. Did, did you get dirty looks because someone else was spot seven, uh, 17 and you took it? Like they're on like 16 and they're like, you son of a bitch. I, I'm at 17 every week. And then I didn't you come. See any, I did not see any of that. But I, there, there was a girl whose birthday it was who made sure to tell the entire room it was her birthday three times as she took selfies while doing the soul cycle. Selfies while, while doing the bike? Yeah. Hmm. It sounds like something I don't ever want to do. Ever. I, I don't recommend it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did it and not, and, and not me. So... Well, Thank that's why the, uh, I'm, I'm here to tell. I'm here up. to warn people. Yeah, if 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 you ever get dragged to this, uh, just just be like, no, nah, let's just go for a run, or just rent a bike and go riding. Go go right outside. Uh, that's that could be pretty nice. But yeah, Soul Cycle, that would that was uh, it was not very fun. Well, at least you got some football and beers and wing afterwards to you know put those calories back on you. 
Yeah, I did. I totally. It was like I had such a healthy morning, and then I just totally ruined it all. Yeah. Don't. I, mean, I don't know how you. I don't know how you go healthy when you're watching football, and you have to drink beer and eat wings. So, the Soul Cycle didn't really uh, didn't didn't cut didn't cut what it didn't do what it was supposed to do. I guess. So your jets were off. Um, that's sort of uh, like a good thing, though. You can just sit back and relax and watch all the games, not have to worry about about the Jets game. Yeah, I actually didn't even watch the, watch football much yesterday, and you know I don't know if it's a direct correlation, but my fantasy team was terrible yesterday. So I think it's because I wasn't like sitting there watching Stat Tracker. I think my team actually does better. They they feel me watching, so they do better. And I was I mean just awful yesterday, but no, I actually went to a um, I actually went to a really cool event. It was a uh, this thing called Treasure Chest, and it's a uh, it's a it's basically a beer and food festival. Um, a, a brewery called uh, Green, Fra- Green Flash Brewery puts it on. They have a they're out of state. Oh uh, yeah, Green Flash is good. I've had that beer. Yeah, I've had their IPA. They have a ton. They have like they have like six or seven IPAs. They have a lot. They have a lot of beers. Um, but definitely check them out. They actually have some really good stuff. But it's uh, it's all it was all for. They actually put out a, a, a new beer that uh, is called Treasure Chest. And I don't know what the proceeds are, but it was a fundraiser basically for breast cancer awareness. And, you know, it's one of those deals where you go and a lot of the proceeds, most of the, I don't think they make any money. They're just donating most of it to a local, um, a local charity that does uh, breast cancer research and awareness and things like that. So went there with a couple friends and uh, it was fun. It was a good time. Nice relaxing Sunday afternoon. Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was the first time I hadn't watched football all year, so it was uh, I was definitely on my phone checking scores, uh, but not it as was, much as the Jets. So I took advantage of the bye week. It was an exciting. At least the one o'clock games were exciting. Um, they, a lot of them came down to the very end, like the Redskins Falcons game went to overtime, the Seahawks Bengals game went to overtime, and I don't know the the Bengals might actually be legit. Uh, I mean, I know they always sort of Until get off, you get to the like, playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they always get off to four and zero starts. You know, four and one starts, and everyone's you know, oh, the Bengals are the new powerhouse team, and then come December, there they've got nine wins, and Andy Dalton is pooping down the side of his pants. But they did beat the Seahawks. Um, you know that's not an easy game. It was at Cincy, though, right? It was away. yeah. But I mean, Seahawks. You yeah, know. Seattle's not the same team away. They're a different team when they're not at home. And I don't know. Like I, I've watched a few of their games, and Camp Chancellor definitely makes a huge difference in that secondary. I mean, he literally, I think, you know, puts the boom in the Legion of because uh, without him, there there's not as much um, fear. I mean, they, Sherman was getting lit up without Camp Chancellor there because. You know, I, I think alone, it's they're just definitely not the same team. But I mean, yeah, that's a good win for Cincinnati for sure. Uh, Andy Dalton is turning into, uh, or he's th- he's he's kind of like the NFL's Clayton Kershaw. He's uh, phenomenal during the regular season, but but needs to show that he can do it in the postseason. So we'll see. And did the Redskins lose on a pick six? I think I I didn't see the highlights of it. I don't know if you saw. Um, that game was on sort of to the side. I don't know exactly what play ended it. It, it might have been a turnover. But at the end of the game, they kind of um, – they were uh, – so Atlanta was driving and there was a touchdown that was called back because – sometimes I just don't get the NFL rules. Uh, Devontae Freeman catches a like a screen pass and, and runs into the end zone. But because he doesn't control the ball all the way to the ground, it, it was ruled back. But then it's like you see and the ball just sometimes just has to cross the, the pylon or the tip of the goal line and it sometimes it's ruled a touchdown when the guy's, you know, jumping over a big pile. You know, I, I just want the, the NFL to get their rules together and, and just be consistent because I feel like they're talking out of both sides of their mouths half the time. Wait, did he catch the ball in the end zone? And that's why No. No, before. 
but he, but he, okay, so it was just before though. He didn't have control while going into the end zone. Exactly, right? it was one of those like, oh, he didn't make his football yeah. move yet type thing. Right. I mean, we saw we saw something with the rules on Thursday night with the uh, uh, with the Seattle or not with Seattle um, with the game with the back of the end zone. It was the, the Bears? Um, I'm sorry, the Lions and the and the Seahawks, right? Oh, was, right. That no, that week. was Monday night when they punched when uh, Cam Chancellor punched the ball out. Exactly. So the rules the rules are all. First of all, they didn't even know that was a rule where you can't bat it out. I always thought it was it was completely legal because you see punters doing it all the time. You know where they bat the ball out of the end zone or they kick exactly. it out of the end zone. Well, there's it was like the rule had gray area where it, it can't be intentional. Right. Well, that's the thing. Punters do it intentionally all the time. But it's your own ball. I guess. I guess because they didn't have control of the ball. That was one right. of the issues. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it was, there's there's definitely some weird rules. I mean, <laughs> we're we're seeing it in baseball too because there's definitely. Uh, I mean, just oh. to play. I know we're going to get into the play. We'll get the to Chase that. Utley slide. <laughs> but there were a whole lot of things going on with that, with the rules on that play too, and and you know replay just threw a totally different another wrench into the, that rule as well. So, well, I mean, last week Jim Caldwell didn't know the rule, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't even have a pulse. He's just like a stuffed. You know, he he's a wax statue essentially. He doesn't. I have never seen that guy talk. Never mind know the rule book. Um, but it's not the same. It's not the same like the fail Mary where where you know they they ruled it a catch um, in the back of the end zone. To me, this isn't the same. Like the ball was punched out. It was going out of bounds. The guy hit it before it went out of bounds. Like get over yourself. You were losing the game. You should have lost the game. Who cares about that stupid rule? You know what I mean? It's a dumb rule in the first place. That you lost the game and you should have lost the game. So. It was going out of bounds regardless. Yeah, which there, then you there was asked no injustice why, done. There was no injustice. But then you asked at you know it's like you say to the uh, I forget who punched out of the end zone for the Seahawks, but you're like, why did you touch the ball? Right, because nobody knew that rule. That's why. They're everybody. I don't think anybody knew that rule. They were asking the guys. They were asking like Ray Lewis and Steve Young after the game too, and they didn't know the rule. Um, People like Ray, Ray Lewis is useless. But I'm saying that. a lot of those guys don't know that rule. I didn't know that rule either. I think I think that was oh. one of those just very just like un, unknown rules. I mean, the, so, the, the Lions didn't even put up a big fight because they didn't know the damn rule. So here's the thing. Shouldn't every coaching staff have like a rule savant whose sole job it is to know the rule book, you know, every sentence in that rule book. So if something comes up, he can be like, uh, yo, head coach, you got to challenge this or you got to say something because, you know, rule, you know, article two, section B, blah, blah, blah. Why does every team not have a guy like that? Yeah, I don't know. It, that seems like an easy thing to have, too. You just make one guy that guy. Exactly. Yeah, no, I don't Sits know. Sits up in the booth and he knows. Right. Yeah, and it would do, you know it'd be like replay for baseball. You have like you have like a buzzer, like yeah, replay it. You know you're waiting for this guy to buzz you uh, before the flag comes out. So yeah, I don't know. There there should definitely be that guy. Maybe maybe Detroit just doesn't have that guy. Oh, Detroit um, definitely doesn't have that guy. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it seems like an easy job to create. Absolutely. It's, it's even just a side job. You know what I mean? It's like. Uh, but yeah, I mean, getting back to this week's uh, football action, I think you're right. The verdict is still out on the Bengals. Um, I, Andy Dalton definitely has to prove it before before I'm gonna have confidence. Uh, before I would ever have confidence in the Bengals. Right. I know. I know. I, I totally agree. We'll see what happens. But that division is actually a lot different than it, than it has been. Baltimore's yeah. look good. Um, Roethlisberger being Steelers, out. yeah, don't have Roethlisberger, so that's a different team. So we'll see. Cleveland's actually putting up some numbers and, and playing pretty well. Um, yeah, that McCown's, was another game. McCown's playing pretty well. He just set like an all-time record, I think, for Cleveland Browns. Uh, I want to say yardage or it was completions. or I think it was yardage. Um, 
So yeah, that's a. I mean, they're they're actually surprising some people right now, and their defense isn't bad with, especially with uh, with Petten in there. You know, you know they're going to put a, a pretty good defense with Hayden in the back. I know he's banged up, but um, they they have a solid uh, team that they could probably get better with McCown as he gets more reps with the with the guys there. So, so I guess Johnny Football is never going to see the field. He, he doesn't deserve to see the field. I mean, that was <laughs> he's he's such a he's such a just like a little you know trick guy you know what i mean he's just like a i don't know he's a he's someone he's a sideshow is what he is he's not yeah, a real, he's a, he's not I mean, a real he's NFL a col- talent he's a he was a freak athlete in college who was able to put up numbers cuz he was so athletic and talented but i mean he's not af- more athletic than people in the NFL so that sort of goes out the window yeah no i agree so uh, i was bringing up the redskins game too as a cuz i wanted to to tell you about a bet that i have and okay so I went to my, my wife is from um, Northern Virginia, and her brother is is a like a diehard Redskins fan. And when I was in school in in Norfolk, Virginia, there's like a lot of people down there. That's kind of Redskins territory. There's no one else to root for, and a lot of people come down from Northern Virginia. So anyway, I have just I just I just don't like Redskins fans. I think they're completely delusional. They're they're just they're a mess. You don't and, feel bad for them a little bit? No, I don't. I don't feel bad for them at all. <laughs> because of the people. Because they're so cocky every year for no reason. This just doesn't make it makes zero sense. Yeah, don't you have I, to I'm win sure before I'm you sure get the Giants cocky? fans who are listening can can attest to this when you run into a Redskins fans. Like every year they think they're gonna do well, and every year they suck. And they've sucked since what? Mark Rippin. I mean, they have not been good for a long time. Um But anyway, so I made a bet with I was at I was at my brother in law's house, I don't know, this was two years ago, I think. And uh, my nephew is, I think he was 10 at the time. And um, I was sitting there. I'm like, all right, let's make a bet. Like, he was just talking all this, all sorts of shit. And I'm like, I bet you, I think I was 33 at the time. And Eddie was 10. So 23. So I made a 23-year bet. I was like, look, Eddie is going to be my age before. Or, no, they will not win a Super Bowl before uh, Eddie is my age. And so it was. it was by far the longest bet I've ever made. But... I am so confident that I'm going to win this 23-year bet. Uh, we we put $200. We put it in like a, a fund. Wow, know, so 200. It, I was going to ask what the how much is that stake. It was a couple hundred bucks. Um, hopefully it'll grow. You know, uh, by the yeah, time, you should put that time in I'm able account. to put yeah. it out. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I am so confident. I mean, with the RG3 trade that set them back, probably that trade probably sets you back 10 years, right? I mean, it's well, close to yeah. 10 years with the draft picks that they lost. I mean, they haven't had a first-round draft pick. Uh, in a very long time, so I think they might have had one this year, actually. But I don't know that 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 franchise is a disaster, and I know a lot of people listening who are Giants fans uh, can't stand them. And uh, so, so there you go. I made a, a ridiculously long bet, and and I'm 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 hoping now. I, I don't even have to hope; it's just going to happen. They're they they're not going to win a Super Bowl. I mean, the Eagles have never won a Super Bowl, so. The Jets haven't won one six sixty nine. It's I know. I mean, I, I'm with you. It doesn't look like they're going to win a Super Bowl, but you don't know what it's going to be like in 15 years. They'll be That's the a ballsy team. bet, though. I like it. Yeah. It's. I mean, I. They, do you, I don't know about you, but whenever I'm with you know with buddies and having a couple beers, uh, eventually we just get to the point where we're just making five dollar bets with each other on stuff. Um, usually not 23 year long bets. Usually like season long bets. Yeah. Uh, but. You know, we, we always have to write them down because there'll be like ten made per night. No, we do the same thing. We do. Um, it's always like a standard as a, a case of beer. That's like our standard bet with my a lot of my buddies. 
I mean, I bet a kid like that. Chris Chambers was five ten. He said he was six foot, and I bet five ten, and I won a case of beer on that. That was that's one of my uh, mo- that's one of my favorite bets because it was so random. But um, yeah, but that's just that's just like right or wrong. I mean, you just look that up, and then exactly, maybe, I know. And then that's it. It was terrific. No, but this year I have I have multiple steak dinner bets uh, based on fantasy football. Because we did an in-person draft, um, and we did like no technology. I think I talked about this before, but we did no technology draft, and uh, so we all started drinking a lot. We were all hanging out, and at the end of the night, I was making all sorts of bets, and we started making them for steak dinners. So, so yeah, those are some good ones. I think I like, was Eifert. It was Eifert and uh, Jason Witten, and I had Witten, and that one's like it's really close. But when Romo went down, I felt. I, got, I think I got screwed. So we talking like um, Outback Steakhouse steak dinners or like Capital Grill steak dinners? Yeah, like a good steakhouse. We're good. It's a steakhouse of the winner's choosing. So it's not that's, a cheap. It's not a cheap bet. So no, it's a good that's bet. a that's an expensive date. Yeah, it's a gentleman's night out, and uh, <laughs> eat some steaks, drink some uh, drink some scotch, and gloat. And then um, and then the other then, one was uh, oh, I, I got this one on the bag. This one I had Gio Bernard and he had Eddie Royal. So I'm loving that one right now. Yeah, I have a friend who anytime he drinks gets really cocky about bets. And they're always I'm always the one to to make the bets with them because I always think they're the worst bets. Um for instance, uh he he bet me that the Raiders would win more than four and a half games this year. So we okay. I think we got five bucks on that. Okay. See that five bucks doesn't do me anything for me though. Like you but gotta, you it's more some... it's more bragging rights of just um yeah. just making bets. I, so I've gotten to a point where I need it to be worth my time as far as like – otherwise I'll just forget about it. Like $5 bet I, I would just forget about. They're gonna, so did you take the under on that? Yeah. I actually think he's going to win. I think they're going to win five games. You think so? Yeah, I see it. I see it happening. I think they've been very close. And they, what are they already have two wins, don't they? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's a bet you might lose. Well, well, at least I didn't bet a steak dinner. It's only five bucks. <laughs> there you go. See? Not worth it. <laughs> but it's still fun. But yeah, so uh, yeah, I actually think they're going to be uh, they're going to be okay. I think that team is on the rise with Latavius Murray, who's a uh, Del Rio is doing some weird things with him. Like he's getting benched in the second half of games. But you know, I think well, yeah, David, but, I think not David Carr, uh, David Carr, yeah, you know, or is that his brother? Yeah, it's one of the whatever his car is. Yeah, it's his brother. Yeah. So I actually think he's a. I think he's got some good potential. I think he's uh, I think he's the real deal. But if you saw last night, uh, towards the end of that game, he threw a crucial pick and cost him the game. Did he? Yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't see so it. So it's, 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 that's like Oakland Raiders football. Yeah. All right. <laughs> they were playing Denver. I mean, Denver is 4-0 and right now or 5-0. Exactly. I mean, Denver is a good team. So... All right, so um, I, I think we've both been watching quite a bit of the the baseball playoffs. I don't, t- let me ask you: Have do you remember the the MLB playoffs for the divisional round stacking the games like this? So they start at like one o'clock, four o'clock, you know, uh, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, or whatever it was for the nine forty-five when the uh, Dodgers and Mets played over the weekend. Do you remember them being like that? I, I do remember them being like a late afternoon game uh, occasionally. Uh, but well, I'm loving. I'm loving what MLB is doing with the scheduling. There's just every day. There's just a playoff game on, and it's basically from early in the afternoon till till midnight. I just don't like the TV contracts and what they're doing with the television stuff because it's because you don't have cable. Well, I know, but that, I mean, I can I get channels. I find ways to get channels, but TBS I do get. Um, 
But Fox Sports 1, I don't get. And I feel like a lot of people don't get Fox Sports 1. Fox Sports 1 is one of those weird channels that if it wasn't added to your regional sports package, if even if you have cable, because it's such a new network, that I think a lot of uh, cable providers don't have it. But, like, why can't they just be on Fox? Like, why, why can't you be on Fox? Why, can't, why Fox. can't they bring them back to Fox? Or It's the same people. They bring it back to Fox or, or, or NBC. Uh, I don't know why these major networks aren't going after the the playoff games i think they, well they do they do i think it'll be on fox right for like the the als the championship series probably the, yeah exactly it's but the tbs tbs has the one of the championship series do they is it yeah. T- okay so um i mean i get tbs so that's cool but the fox i mean Sports they one they thing. bought they bought the rights they bought it for you know long-term contract yeah. um i mean ted turner um obviously he's involved with baseball with with the braves and everything but I know, so so I guess Fox is just trying to push this Fox Sports 1, and that's why they're doing it, rather yeah. than having it on Fox. Maybe they don't think it'll get the ratings on a you know a Tuesday afternoon or whatever. I guess, but what the hell else is on Fox on a Tuesday afternoon? I mean, you 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 think that you get more people watching it because it's network television and everybody gets network television? If you have a TV, you get network television. It doesn't matter if you have right. a cable box or anything, because it's all digital now. You can hook up an antenna and get it. Um so I don't know. I, I don't get that one. I guess I, um, you know. I see that they're just trying to push the network, but it'd be the same people. You know, it's the same guys, same same uh, same ownership. So I don't know. And well, then some of them are on MLB Network. Like, yeah, I know some people don't get MLB Network. I know some of my friends don't get it. You don't get it. You said right. So no. Well, so, the game, the Toronto game, started on MLB Network because the Kansas City game. Kansas City came back in that game. By the way. Um, uh, we can get into that in a second, but yeah, it was, uh, the Toronto game started on MLB network. So I wasn't able to watch the first couple innings, Yeah, but, uh, Kansas city was down in the eighth inning in game four in Houston. Uh, they were down by four runs and they ended up scoring, uh, five runs. They got like six hits in a row. I think they sent 12 guys to the plate in that inning. Um, I think the Yankees had like five base runners total (laughs) against the Astros last week. So I'm um, I'm loving watching these games. Good teams. Yeah, they're fun to watch. They're definitely fun to watch. The uh, the, the definitely the most intriguing series, the two I think, are, are Mets Dodgers. Obviously, for what happened with the Chase Utley thing, and then uh, the most intriguing, based on the teams and the rivalries, is the Cubs Cardinals. Like that's a that's a hell of a rivalry right there. That's a that's a good matchup, and the teams are actually pretty well pretty well matched up too. So it's a that's a fun one. You know what I was thinking that Cubs Cardinals series reminds me of is. Kind of, you know, back in 03, 04 with the Yankees, Red Sox and how the Yankees had always been big brother to the, the Red Sox, obviously up until 04. But do you remember the, just that pit in the bottom of your stomach that, oh, shit, if we lose to the Red Sox, it's going to be that much worse. That's got to be what Cardinals fans are thinking. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, you're right. And I don't really know, like, the hatred between those two teams. Like, are people that angry in the Midwest? I feel like they're definitely not as angry as us on the East Coast. Uh, well, we get, no, I, but that's that's still one of probably baseball's biggest rivalry right now. It's bigger than Yankees Red Sox right now. Oh, I'd right say. now, no doubt. It's just I, it's a different type of person. I feel like in the Midwest than there is on the true. East Coast. <laughs> like there's a there's a lot of assholes on the East Coast and people who have very opinionated, uh, you know, ways of of acting and talking. And um, I just I don't know. I feel like they're nicer in the Midwest. I feel, but, yeah, but I feel like Midwesterners that you can get a wild card. Um, you know. Wild card person at one of those games. You never oh, yeah. know. What's oh, I guarantee there's a there's a couple guys in the crowd. Like there's a lot of shirtless, teethless, te- teethless people at Toothless those games. Toothless people. Yeah. yeah. The the it's a good rivalry, and 
it, you know, comparing the two, because the Red Sox haven't won in so long and the Cubs haven't won in so long, yeah, I definitely, it's, it's probably a very similar, um, and, you know, the Cardinals have been winning a lot, too, so it's, it's, a, it's pretty good pretty good analogy, actually. The uh, well, the Cubs got Arietta going tonight, and he's basically uh, invincible. hasn't given up a run in two months at this point. So, assuming he sticks with that, looks like the Cubs are going to be up two one. I am very happy that this Jerry Jake Arietta never showed up in Baltimore. Uh, this dude is is you know I I hadn't seen him pitch pretty much all year. I mean, we watched the Yankees games. It's hard, it's hard to to watch a lot of other games. Um, and other teams. So I really hadn't seen Arietta pitch much. I'll tell you the truth. I didn't know this dude had 20 wins up until like a couple weeks left in the season. Like he was approaching that. I didn't realize he was as good as he was. Uh, oh, yeah. This I year. mean, I, but it, look at his stats the last two months of the season. No, Legit didn't give up runs. I know. That's crazy. No, that's ridiculous. And by by watching him, you can see why. I mean, the, the movement on his pitches is ridiculous. He's got some just sick, sick movement, late movement on, on his stuff. And he's kind of got a little bit of a deceptive delivery, too. So throws across his body yeah he he didn't have all this when he was with the Warriors. no this is all new yeah um, so I'm, I'm wondering you know what is the pitching coaches in in, in uh, chicago uh who's he been working with or is this something that you know sometimes pitchers take a little while to get to find their groove or to find their you know their thing so um I, i'm just glad he did it in the national league and not over here yeah can nathan avaldi talk to that pitching coach in the offseason he some is points. that's exactly what he's doing is we're seeing this exact thing just wait give him another year Okay, if 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 Aldi turns into what Jake Arrieta, uh, let's make a bet on that. How about? Okay, I'll make a bet. All right. So if Avaldi wins next year, do you want to do it on wins or like ERA? What do you want to do? It's Avaldi. I'm going on wins. I'm not stupid. All right. What's the so? Um, well, first of all, what's the number of wins? Um. So what did he have this year? He was 15. 15 yeah. or 16. Um, all right. Keep talking. I'll look it up. So we'll, we'll, I think we should set the bar pretty close to because I think this year he got lucky in a lot of them. You know, definitely. Obviously, 14. So. he was fourteen and three. So fourteen. So let's give him career high in wins. Obviously. So let's give him how many innings was that? <clears throat> One hundred fifty-four innings. Okay, so um, let's. You want to set it at sixteen and a half wins? No, I want to. I was going to go. You're going more. You're going two and a half games more than what he did this year, and he got really lucky with a lot. But he of also got hurt for the last month of the season. Okay, so I'll go 16 wins. Well, we can't have a push. Why not? We'll set it at 15 and a half then. Fine. Got him. I don't, but see, I want him to win more. That's fine. It doesn't mean he's going to. It doesn't mean you don't have to bet with what you want. You what, bet what you think. So you think he's going to win 15, but you want him to win more. No, I would say he'd probably win less. Okay. There you go. Bet. 12-pack of beer. All right. Mark it down. Done. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Arietta has been unhittable, and he's pitching with, like, insane confidence right now. He knows he's unhittable, and that's a scary thing. I mean, he went out there against the Pirates, who were a 98-win team, good team. He didn't even have his best stuff, and he still pitched a complete game shutout. He just totally is pitching on another level than anybody else in the league right now. Yeah, he feels untouchable right now, and that's uh, that's huge for a pitcher. So um, good for him, man. And it's interesting, you know, if you're just looking at stuff, Kershaw might have the best stuff in baseball, but he doesn't have that killer instinct in the playoffs where he thinks he's unhittable like he is in the regular season, and that's why we see him get hit sometimes. It's a mental thing half the time. Yeah, and to tell you the truth, that's kind of what scares me about a lot of these Mets pitchers because I feel like uh, those guys have that. 
I feel like th- those guys don't give a shit at all. And they, they don't go out there with the, the, the thought of losing at all. I, I really yep. believe that. Those guys, they have, they have the, uh, the mental makeup to be <laughs> – they have the mental makeup to have like four top-line starters. It's ridiculous actually. But in the playoffs, a lot of times, um, that's just as dangerous as talent sometimes. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, you saw what Madison Bumgarner did. He just didn't think anybody was going to touch him, and he just went out there and uh, pissed his ass off. And I wouldn't say that he's got the greatest stuff in the world. Um, I mean, he throws hard, and... No, his stuff is good, but it's not... It's not, like, crazy. Not top five in the league. But but he he went out there and, and he every before every pitch he knew damn well that he was uh, you know he had the confidence to, that he was going to get that guy out so um, and it definitely showed it, definitely it was like A Rod through his career in the playoffs I mean he had the talent he just didn't think he could do it and he went up there and struck out half the time yeah well I could talk about his mentality too yeah he's uh, <laughs> not the most mentally strong person in the world so w- were you watching the Utley play when it happened on Saturday I woke up. I woke up, uh, I think, right before that play happened. I felt I was watching the game and I fell asleep on the couch. And then I woke up because it was late. I don't even know what time it was. But um, yes, I, I did see it. I saw it live. So let, first things first. Do you think that was a dirty play by Utley? Okay. So this is what I this is what I think. I got to give a, a bigger explanation just by saying it's dirty or not dirty. I love his intensity and uh, I want every single player in Major League Baseball or whoever's on my team to go in with that same uh, intensity. Um, I think the the slide was late, um, but I don't think it was, I don't think it was, I'm not going to call it dirty. I think it was late. I think he just, he slid late and it was the, the broken leg was a byproduct of a, of a late slide. Um, he could have touched the bag if he wanted to. I mean, he could have reached out there. He was within the, the reach of the bag, which is all you need to be. Um, and, and uh, what's his face? Uh, the shortstop. Tejada. I think it was named Tahada. Also was in a kind of a, a, a weird place where he was. She was going to spin and throw the ball. Like he didn't have. Um, he was outside the bag, so it, it kind of made Utley, I think, go not go into a slide early enough. So I think there were a lot of things that went into it. So I'm not going to call it a dirty a dirty play because I don't think the intent was to be dirty. I think he just slid late and it looked really bad, and then obviously had a bad result for the Mets or for Tahada. Um, so now I don't, I don't think it's dirty because I think in order for it to be dirty, I think you have to be, it has to be intentional, intentional to be dirty. Um, I, I mostly agree with you on that. I, I think it was a, it was a borderline dirty play though. I mean, he didn't slide. He basically jumped into his legs after he was already even with second base. He made no attempt to just slide hard. That was a, he was taking down Tahada no matter what. Which is what you're taught. You're taught to break up the play, no matter what. You break up the play. Yes. Uh, I think he could have probably broken it up without doing the way he did. No, I agree. But that's why I think there were a lot of factors that went into him actually sliding late. I don't think. I think the fact that where Tejada was positioned um, kind of uh, affected that as well. I mean, look, it's bang bang at the end of the day. You're trying to break up the play. That's what he's. That's what he was focused on. So yes, did he? Was he probably going later than he normally would? Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I just. I don't see it as like intent to be dirty. Like he's not trying to like, obviously not trying to break this guy's leg. He's trying to just take the play right. out so he, they can't convert because it's a huge play. And because you're if right. They, if they get the double play, the inning's over and the 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 bets are still up by one. If he breaks up the double play, the run scores, tie game, huge play. And you're right. I mean, I want my guy to do that. <laughs> if Chase Utley was on my team, I'd want him to do the exact same thing. So there's so many things that go into this because 
of one because of replay, one because of the the play on or the call on the field, like what it was actually called originally, because it was a um, you know it was it was an opinion. Basically, he looks at it as a judgment call, right? So there's so many things that go into it. Yeah, I mean that's I think why the Mets fans and uh, some people on Twitter and then also on the radio had a complete mental breakdown is because of the whole replay aspect of it. Let's get something straight. If that was Derek Jeter and it was another team, I would be going livid. I guarantee it. I would be apeshit about it. So I get it. I get the intensity for the, the fans because they're mad about what happened. And in a lot of ways, I could see why they're why they felt wronged, um, just because of what happened and like and you know what happened at the end with Tahada breaking his leg. Um, but you know the, the the umpire called. So this is the one thing I didn't really understand why people were so upset about the fact that he got the bag, because. My understanding is when the umpire makes the play, makes the call at the at the at the bag. When he called Utley out, that play at second is dead. It's dead. It's, it's a dead play. It doesn't matter what Utley does. He could go back and touch the bag. He could jog into center field. It doesn't matter what he does. He's out. He's he's just got to get out of the out of the way at that point. Um, so the fact that I think that he didn't touch the bag is actually a moot point. It doesn't matter. But that's what yeah. they're so livid about. A lot of them. But that's livid. so confusing when you think about it because Utley, like you, he ran off the field. But he was called out. That's why he ran off the field. He was called out. The, he was, the play was dead. The umpire called him out. He was out. Why would you go back and touch the bag if you were called out? Uh, yeah, it. it's dead. As far as the runner goes, you're, that's that's it. There's no other. There's nothing else you can do. I guess. Yeah. And so then- so everything went down to the fact that his did he touch the bag or not um, because the play the the call in the field was out. True. So it didn't matter what they did. But then the Mets just had their bullpen had a complete implosion and Dodgers tie the series. And you got guys like Will from Queens calling up Mike Francesa crying on air. Yeah, that was a that was a good one. My brother texted me that the there was a Deadspin article having everything. <laughs> Mike, Mike, I just I I don't know. I just can't handle what just happened tonight, Mike. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Francesa just not giving a single shit either. Well, just, he was just like, Are you crying? Are you crying? He's like, Harvey has to do it. He's got to do it tonight. Tonight's the night. He's got to do it. Because if he doesn't, then I just don't know. Harvey has to do it tonight. And tonight has to be the night. But you know what? The bottom line is I wish the Yankees were in the playoffs and I could be sitting there ready to have a complete mental breakdown because of playoff baseball. There's nothing better than that. No, it's – it's. <laughs> look, they're passionate. They're obviously – they want it. They, they've, uh, they've not had it in a long time, so – you know, I don't know about crying on air, but uh, well, Francesca, uh, what he he offered him tickets or something? Yeah, so uh, he's gonna actually no his the ticket next to him. They're gonna watch the game together behind home plate. That's ridiculous. Need a camera on that. That's some nonsense. That's what you gotta do to get tickets to go sit with Francesca, some ridiculous seats to a to a um, a playoff game. Well, that's the thing with today. Like if you if you go viral on the internet, you basically get handed free shit. That's true. Yeah. Um, so crying players, some, crying fans. I mean, you some know. <laughs> breaking, breaking uh, developments going on right now. Uh, the Rangers are up seven to one in the fifth inning, and they just brought David Price in. You mean the Blue Jays? Yeah, sorry, the Blue Jays are beating the Rangers seven to one in the fifth inning. They took R. A. Dickey out, and they just brought David Price in. Why? I have no clue. They have they have a game five, assuming they win today. Weird. They're up six runs, and they brought in yeah. David Price? Yeah. Okay. 
Um, is, is, so, uh, is Joe Girardi guest managing? <laughs> did, did John Gibbons have a phone a friend and was that friend Joe Girardi? Yeah, I, it must be. Unless it's just they're getting him like, you know, 15 pitches because it's his throw day or something. But still, like you have a game five coming up. Do they have no confidence in David Price? I know he is one and six in the playoffs. I guess that on short rest, I guess that wasn't an option. But wouldn't you want him to be ready for that game to come in relief if you needed it? Uh, but no, he could have started on full rest game one. Oh, game one. I mean, sorry. Yeah, he started game one, so his game five would be full rest. Oh, well, I don't know. Even if it wasn't full rest and you wanted him to be available, you wouldn't have him throw today. So I don't know. Not in a, a six run game. No, yeah, that makes no sense. I don't Interesting. know. Do you think. I hope it doesn't work. <laughs> do you think um, do you think David Price's continued playoff struggles are going to affect his contract that he gets from some team this offseason? I doubt it. I think I think the uh, I think when you have a top line starter, um, it's not they're not very uh, they're they're not there's not a lot of these guys, so he's going to get his money. So no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it, I think teams overlook that they really well, do. It can go the other way though, because With I think Panda. the reason, Pab- yeah, exactly, Pablo Sandoval got a hundred mils because he is Babe Ruth in the playoffs. Yeah, but you're not going to lose a guy because of that, and just expect him to suck in the playoffs again. I don't know. I just I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a thing. It didn't affect A Rod's contracts. True. All right. So, um, do you want to get to some Yankee thoughts, and then we can get out of here? Yeah, let's do that. So, <clears throat> you know. A week removed from that wild card game, and it's clear to see, especially when you look at the rest of these teams, the Yankees were just uh, maybe at one point the Yankees were on par with these teams, but the last month of the season they just were not. They were completely overmatched. They were old. They were tired. They were fading. Um, they did not have the depth in uh, in roster to to compete at the end of the season. And you see, you saw a team like the Astros come in, who's a young athletic team. And yes, I know they have David uh, or um, Dallas Keuchel, who's probably going to be the Cy Young. So you know that's the most important part of it. They had their pitcher go to, go out there and shut the Yankees down. But the bottom line is they're just a more younger and more athletic team, and we saw that last Tuesday. You're, you're, if you look at the rosters throughout baseball right now, with all the teams that are doing well, you're seeing a lot of youth. You're seeing a lot of athleticism. Um, and, and that's just not something you see up and down the Yankees lineup. Uh, the Yankees have a lineup that was, you know, that was, you know, orchestrated for a different type of baseball than what we're seeing right now, I think. And um, I, I agree, like the depth was not there, especially the pitching depth. I mean, our bullpen was, was really in shambles towards the end of the season. And, you know, going into a, a, a series, a five, seven game series, um, you know, looking back, I think that bullpen would have just gotten eaten up. Because because we were getting we don't get depth from our starting pitching and it's not right. you know where where was that going to all of a sudden why was that going to all of a sudden start when you're in the playoffs it wasn't and we were going to go to the bullpen early and often and I think that would have been the death of us I mean not not to not to talk about the fact that we can't score runs or we didn't score runs so um, it, you're right I think uh, it was a tired lineup because of the age um, and the amount of guys. Uh, that they had that are, that are just older dudes, um, and then uh, yeah, the the pitching depth was uh, was definitely lacking. Well, and and you got 
I mean, they also no nobody was playing well. That I mean, right. even their 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 guys who'd been got them there that season. Brian McCann was having an MVP type season for the first four months of the season, and then he disappeared. Um, Jacoby Ellsbury, we saw him have lighted up the first you know whatever fifty days of the season, then he gets hurt and he never comes back. Brett Gardner was an All Star in the first half and then hit two hundred in the second half. So all these guys. I mean, and, and Girardi said it in his post game or his postseason press conference, he said, "Well, if we have guys put up their numbers from their first half in the second half, we probably would have won the division." <laughs> no shit. Yeah. But no. Sh- but like, you can't say that. Of course. You mean if 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 they all stayed healthy and all kept raking the ball, then they would have won the division. Like you, but you can't assume that's going to happen. You can't go into next season assuming, oh, Brian McCann had 17 home runs in the first half of the season, so he's going to do that in the first half and the second half next year, or whatever the number was. You can't assume that going in. Yeah, but that's what's, that's what's also frustrating, too. If you listen to the press conference with him and with Cashman, these guys, these guys are the way that they were talking was that, hey, we're, we're going in to 16 uh, with a lot more – or uh, with a lot less questions is what they said. A, a lot right. more answers. We we know a lot more things, and my re- my response to that is is what 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 in the hell are you talking about? What what more do you know? You know that Tex is going to do the same thing that he did in the first half of this year. You don't know that. He's another year older. He's coming off of an injury. Another injury. Another injury. Um, same thing with a Rod. Like we saw what he did in the first half. Can he do that again at age forty one? I mean, I. To, to me, to say that there's less questions, to me, just doesn't make any sense. It, it really doesn't. You have an older Beltran in right field. You know, you're not going to have the production for a guy like get Greg Bird uh, because they're trying to put him in the minor league. Oh my God! Just a lot it, of things that are. Just, I, I don't said, understand the. I don't understand the, the the comments on that. Cashman said that uh, you know, assuming the roster doesn't change over the winter, it looks like Greg Bird is going to be ticketed to Scranton to open the season, which I, I don't. I, First of all, I don't know why he said that, but obviously you don't know what's going to happen between now and February. Um, but, but well, he was asked if that. Greg, if Greg Bird is not on the twenty-five man roster to start the season next year, I'm going to organize a riot. But that that's the thing, though. So, so you're looking at this though, and if Teixeira is healthy, and then you have A Rod, A Rod and Beltran basically clogging up the DH spot. I don't care. You have a 22 year old rookie on the rise who hit 11 home runs in 46 games for you. You need to find a place for him. You need to develop him as a player. Well, you just you just gave your own answer. You just gave the answer of what they're saying. They're trying to develop him as a player. So if they're not going to develop a guy. But if they're not going to put him in any other position, he's got to play, and they want to develop him as a player. So that's why they're going to give him every day at bats at first base in AAA. You can get that's him, what they're saying. I'm just, I'm just. You can get him five days a week at bats in the major leagues, and and they're going to listen. With the age of these guys, they need to start resting guys. No, I Greg agree. Bird they should play, be doing that. Greg Bird can play six days a week. Mark Deshera can't. A Rod can't. Um, you know, I think we saw that with Brett Gardner and Jacoby Ellsbury, and certainly Carlos Beltran next year. They're not everyday players anymore. There's a reason they faded in the second half of the season. It's because they were tired. One thing that really gets me uh, with Cashman and Girardi, with the way that they assess, maybe it's just the whole Yankee organization, the way that they really just um, they, they pin people into certain positions uh, and, and don't give them any other opportunities to go elsewhere. You know, we, when we talked with um, with the guys at, at Corey at Corey at Ivy Envy, we're seeing we're, we're seeing him talk about 
their number one prospect, Chris Bryant, who Joe Madden has at third base, at first base, and right field, and center field, and left it's field. It's so awesome to see. Yeah, he's all over the place. And they're, you know what they're doing is they're giving him on-the-job training. So the fact that, that hey, Greg Bird's our number are going to be our first baseman for uh, for long, for you know years to come, and that's where we want him. We don't see him as anywhere else. To me, you're making your team worse by by you know what? Maybe he's not the greatest left fielder in the world, but could he play at a pretty good level? Probably. He probably could. Um, so why not give this guy an opportunity to get on the field and and try it? You can experiment a little bit in the beginning of the season with defense. I'm sorry, but you can. You can do that early in the season and see where a guy can play a little bit. Because they the bats. They they always play it safe. It's they always sit the on book. their hands I mean, and like, play it safe. You see a guy like that that who's athletic and a baseball player. Baseball players play baseball, and a lot of them can play different positions. So you know, like the whole thing with Ref Steiner. Ref Steiner has been up when he was up. He showed perfectly fine at second base. He did not show like a you know a, a, a terrible defensive second baseman. I didn't see that guy that they're talking about. You know, I know he made a lot of errors in AAA. I know uh, or the first half of the season, the second half of the season, he started coming back. But you know what? <laughs> let the guys play. Let's let's see what they can do because sometimes people rise up and sometimes people will will game up for a certain situation. And when you have a guy like that. Get him on the roster. I agree with you. When I was saying before, is I'm kind of giving what they're telling you, you know, what they're what they're saying to us as Yankee fans. But I want to see him play other places. I don't care if he's not as great as someone else. Beltron's been terrible in right field. You think Greg Bird can't play a right field like Carlos Beltron? Please. Put put a trash can out in right field, and it'll catch more balls than Beltron caught this year. But that's just, what I'm saying. Just by luck. So so why not put Greg Bird? You know why not like. Right field is not that hard of a position in the, if you're a major Especially league baseball at Yankee player. Stadium. Right. So why not try to put him at, at, at uh, in right field, have him platoon with Beltron, Tex, and DH. Boom. There you go. Regular at-bats. I just solved the situation. Um, <laughs> uh, so getting back to Ref Snyder, though, to hear them talk about Ref Snyder, it's like who, who did, whose wife did he sleep with? Yeah. Because they hate him. Girardi was asked about, you know, with the way with the um, with what Ref Snyder showed down the stretch, is he your go to guy at second base next year? And the only um, it's basically the only position they said they're not set on next year. They're like, well, we're going to have to look at what Ref Snyder is, what's in the organization, what's out there on the, the free agent market, and then we'll make a decision. So they're not committing to Ref Snyder. Um, Which you don't though, expect them to commit to him. I mean, I understand. Or not, not commit, but, but at least they could have been like, yeah, I mean, he came into a tough situation when we had to plug him in the last two weeks of the season and he did a good job. Which yeah. is the truth. You're right. They did not give him the credit he deserved. You're right. He did not say, hey, this kid came up, he sat for a month, <laughs> it seemed like three weeks, uh, and then when he got forced into a situation because um, the other second baseman was, was confused and dizzy, then... Yeah. He, he played well, and he played a good second base, too. I mean, God forbid they admit that he played a pretty good second base. God forbid. Uh, he probably made one of the best plays at second base I've seen, I saw all year with that, with that diving ball up the middle. I mean, that was an awesome play, an, an athletic play. God forbid we have someone who's an athlete out there. And he can freaking hit. And he can hit. And he can hit. And he can hit. He gets on base. He's, he's, a, he's a relatively patient hitter already. And you can know with, the, with every at-bat, that's just going to grow more and more. Um, and he's a right-handed bat. Who gets on base and hits for average? Do you know how how much we could have used that during the season? <laughs> Jesus, it's just crazy to think that 
you know, Ref Snyder, I'm, I'm, this was his second professional season at second base. So there's going to be some growing pains. But assuming he works on it in the offseason, he could come into next year and yes. be a solid uh, def- defender. Derek Jeter made like 30-something errors the, in 1995 in the minors at shortstop. And then they stuck him out there in 96. And, and I'm pretty sure he turned into a damn good shortstop. So it can be done. And to think that they could have Didi and Ref Snyder as as the the double play combination and also a nice you know uh, eight nine combination in the order for yeah. the next few years is pretty fun to think about. Let's get them to gel. I mean, God forbid we get these guys some time together so they can you know work out some some uh, some mojo and get a little bit of a, a groove together. Because when you have a second baseman and a shortstop playing well, especially on the defensive side, you know good things can happen. Um, so look. I understand why they're not going to be like, Ref Snyder's the guy. He's going to be the guy. Sure, but, but why sure. not say, hey, Ref Snyder is absolutely going to be com- competing for that position, and we like what we saw in uh, at the end of the season uh, with, with the young kid. We like what we saw. Why not say that? Why not give him some yeah. confidence going into the offseason to work his ass off um, and, and, you know, be at least in the in the conversation by not saying oh we'll see what's out there we'll see what's out you know what other Joe Schmo we can sign. It was literally the only position dollars. they didn't say that about. They're like, well, you know, Chase Headley is uh, is our guy next year. Brett Gardner's our guy our guy next year. Ellsbury, Beltron, McCann, Teixeira, they're all our guys next year. Except uh, the s- second base is the only position. At they were least up. they didn't say Stephen Drew is our guy next year. <laughs> yeah. At least that Although, did not happen. <laughs> but but we, he he kind of alluded to the fact I forget who was asking questions but they they framed it in a way that that said hey is Ref Snyder and Ackley going to be your second base tandem uh, basically against righties and lefties uh, and he almost didn't deny that I mean I could see Ackley in the position I kind of want to see Ackley competing for a spot he's got all the talent in the world as well um, and he gives you a little bit more versatility uh, you know playing first base and and you know Ackley was a pretty well. bad second baseman right he did but, not look good. But, but I, I still want him in the conversation. I think no, he would, absolutely. he's a good utility guy. He's a great utility guy. He can play that Martin Prado role. Yeah. Even, honestly, Stephen Drew, if he was this year, was a, was a utility guy, I would not be mad at him because he would have been a great utility guy. A little pop at the back, some defense, some defense at the end of the games. I just didn't want to see him every day, all day. So. The, yeah. The, I guess my takeaways from those, you know, Cashman and Girardi press conferences were they almost seemed like they were okay with the end result of the season, considering you know everything that went on this year. That they sort of, uh, in a way, overachieved. I think a lot of them thought that. Well, I think that's the safe way to to, to frame it, isn't it? Um, to frame that, hey, we did better than we expected. I mean, that's the that makes you look better if you're if you're framing that and people but are believing you this is not a team they they essentially built the team that we saw this year was the team they built at the beginning of last year right. you're telling me they went out and signed Jacoby Ellsbury for 153 million dollars and Brian McCann for 85 mil and Chase Headley for 55 mil to to be an 86 win team and maybe get into the playoffs no i agree. no they built them to win the division and they didn't do that I so, think Ellsbury is a big bounce back candidate next year. I, th- I mean, he's he's better than he showed. The guy that we saw early in the season is, I mean, probably not that all year, but closer to that guy than what he was. He's at had the end one of the and year. a half good seasons in the major leagues. They've the rest of them have been very average. Yeah, he had an MVT, MVP type season in 2011 where he hit 30 home runs. I wonder where that came from. <laughs> and then um, last or his last year in Boston, he played very well. Yeah. I mean, I expect him to play a lot better next year. I think you know, yeah, he's better than he was. But if, if we're was. expecting him to be the, you know, he's not gonna live up to that contract. He's not, of course, no. It might go down in history as the worst contract in uh, Yankees history. Carl Pavano, 
No, that was only out. four years. That was four years. This is seven. Yeah. And there's a whole situation where there might be a little bit of uh, bad blood between him and Girardi now because Girardi sat him in the wild card game, and Ellsbury didn't show up for post game uh, press uh, press questions. Well, I mean, we've seen that before. We've seen Girardi sit a rod, and there's been no ill ill will. The guys have a good relationship, so I'm not going to directly say that that's that's going to cause blood, bad blood. I mean, at the end of the day. Uh, you know they're professionals and they should act like professionals. Girardi so. even acknowledged it. He said, "Yeah, that's a he." He was asked directly, "Is there going to be a rift between you and Ellsbury because you benched him in the playoffs?" And he said, "Well, it's a conversation I definitely need to have with Jacob." With well, Jacob, exactly. Okay, fine. They'll have, they, you don't have to like everybody, but you're going to be professional about it, and you're going to and you're going to do uh, things to benefit the team. Um, and it's not personal. Well, so that's what I'm saying. Jacoby wasn't very professional, not showing up to the post game. Yeah. Well. Like don't sulk, don't sulk and be a baby. You didn't perform well enough to be put on the field. How about you man up and go into the clubhouse and answer some damn questions? You're making twenty million dollars a year. You can answer to why you hit two fifty. Yeah, no, I mean I agree. Every, everybody should be a professional and live up to to their duties as well. And answering questions to the press uh, from the press is, is part of the deal. So absolutely <clears throat> should do it. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we're gonna get into more stuff as um, as the Yankees start to make some roster moves, and I, I think you mentioned this on the last uh, podcast. The hot stove starts in you know as soon as free agency starts, which is when um, the World Series essentially ends. Yeah. So I think we're gonna have a lot to talk about in the off season, and um, hopefully the Yankees make some moves to improve this team because I think I think with some tweaks they could be a, a good team again, a contender next year for the division. No, I agree, and I think we have a mailbag too. That I think would be a good way to kind of close this out. I think. Uh, All right, yes, yeah, let's get into it. Rudy Rudy G uh, sent us a mailbag. Said thanks for a great season. I just listened to the one and done episode and really uh, helped with my depression and frustration. I'm glad it did. I live in Texas, so no one in my office shares my passion, and I was glad to see your episode uh, instead of waiting for the next week. Also, I appreciate Scott's comments on pulling for Houston. I would rather see them win than the Rangers, and I feel a bit guilty. Uh, but after uh, after watching what happened last night, referring to the last game. Anyway, I love the team, and I do enjoy the podcast, so I'll definitely send in some topic suggestions. Only 136 days until spring training 2016. <laughs> so, yeah, Rudy, I mean, look, I, I think the, the I wasn't really mad about the, the loss uh, as far as like, who beat us because I kind of – you know, they're a good. I got nothing against Houston. I really don't. I mean, they don't, they're a young, exciting team. Yeah, they're not like you know, they're not a division rival. I mean, I, I got, I got, I have zero hatred for Houston, the Houston Astros. At least right now, I do. <laughs> a couple more losses to them in the playoff scenarios, then then we'll start fueling that. But um, they are fun to they are fun to watch. I mean, I, I like watching young young teams play. I think it's exciting. So, um, <clears throat> you know, them and the, and the Royals, uh, they have what they'll have a like game five. So that'll be should yep. be should be interesting. Yeah, it looks like yeah, both both of those American League series are going to go to Game Five. Uh, wouldn't it be interesting? I was thinking about this the other day. If the Astros make it to the World Series and play the Cubs and lose to the Cubs, then both Chicago teams will break their World Series droughts against the Houston Astros. Oh, there you go, digging deep on that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> Houston Astros are Chicago's best friend. They they love. They went to the American. They're just going to bounce it- back and forth to each league and lose in the World Series. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got to get there first, obviously. Uh, but thanks, Rudy, for the for the mailbag. Definitely send in some more this off season. And everybody listening, you know, we want to hear from you. As we mentioned earlier, join the Facebook group, uh, the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Hit us up on Twitter, uh, Instagram. Definitely submit to the the podcast mailbag and the voicemail line, which is six four six four eight zero. 
0342. I'm pretty sure I remembered that correctly. Yeah, Babe Ruth, Mariano Rivera. There you go. Um, but uh, yeah, as we move into the offseason, it should be fun. Scott, any last words? No, I'm excited. You know, we're gonna. Uh, I'm excited for the the things that we're gonna do on this show. I think it's gonna be fun talking about all sorts of things, and, and you guys can get a lot more um, kind of kind of I guess insight on on, on how we <laughs> look at other sports as well. Um, and we definitely want to hear your opinions on things. So definitely uh, hook us, uh, you know, come out and, uh, and 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 hook up with us on social media. And uh, let's do it. Big off season for for the Yankees, and uh, you know we're we're gonna be building something good. I think for 2016. Awesome. Again, we're going to be doing episodes every Tuesday instead of Monday. So catch us next Tuesday. We'll talk to you then. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.